Hold your hand up. Let me see you tonight. Praise God. Look at you. Amen. Everybody look around. Look around. Amen. Let's give God a hand for that. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Well, praise God, these things shall pass. Amen? Praise God. Amen. I feel better already. How about you? Praise God. Now, just so you know, some of those religious people can't handle things like that. Amen? So, y'all keep smiling at me tonight. Praise God. Amen. Well, let me tell you something. As long as God's moving, I want to be where God's moving. How about you? So, I'm excited to be here tonight. And tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about the awesomeness uh, the love of a great and mighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. Before we do, before we do, we got a lot of stuff to do. First of all, y'all remember the song we did last night, Stand Up and Shout. Y'all did a wonderful job on that song last night. So I want us to do it. My worship's a little different. Okay. Everybody in the kingdom ain't the same. Amen. Praise God. Some of you don't know it, but I'm on a roll tonight. Amen. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get your hands out of your pocket and get them out of your nose and get ready to worship God. Amen. This is an, this is an us thing, you see. That's what I call it. It's an us thing. And we came to church not to, to judge or to stand around. We came to church to love each other. Amen. We came to church to find a new place in God that we can love our brothers and our sisters and get something done for God. So ain't nobody going to want to come over here if you don't love them. Amen. That's right. So we got to learn how to love real good. Amen. I'm talking about that sloppy stuff. Amen. So, so we're going to, we're going to do that now. First of all, let's, let's learn to stand up and shout. Everybody have a seat. If you're visiting tonight, I know you're probably confused at this point. That's all right. We'll fix it here in a minute. Amen. All you got to do is say these words. Stand up and shout if you love my Jesus. And then you're going to do what? I don't know about you, but that makes a lot of sense. Amen? Praise God. We're going to stand up and we're going to go, yes! Now, the reason we're going to go yes is because yes and amen is what the Bible says you say when you're in agreement. Amen? And we've got to be in agreement. The pastor and I are in agreement. Uh, Brother Bishop here and I, we've been in agreement for years. And so, so some of you guys, I know for a fact, we're in agreement. Amen? And so it's nothing for us to say yes. Now, if you're not in agreement, don't stand up and say yes. I don't want you going to hell over a song. Amen? Praise God. It just ain't worth the effort. Praise God. So, oh, he said I'm going to hell if I don't sing. I did not. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Amen? All right, I want, you, I want to see you. Listen, show me your teeth. Some of you paid good money for them. Amen? Show them all. Praise God. Amen. All right, all right. Are we ready? Listen, a merry heart make up like a medicine, the Bible says. Amen? And, and if you can't smile a little bit, you're not going to enjoy the kingdom of God, and you really don't want to go to heaven with me. Amen? Because when I get there, I told God to increase my smile by about a hundredfold. So all I'm going to be doing is walking around a set of teeth. Amen? 
And probably Gilbert, too. So praise God. Some of you giggling. We're we doing it now. We're breaking down the devil. Amen. See, the devil don't like to smile about nothing. Amen. He got to judge everything. He got to break everything down. Well, he didn't say his pronouns correctly. Well, who cares? Amen. As long as we love the Lord and he loves us and we're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. I done lost some of you. You ready, Bert? You ready? All right. Get them hands ready to go. All right. Go, brother. Turn it up. I can't hear it. Come on. Up, 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 up. Come on. Use it. Amen. Stand up and shout if you love my Jesus. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, Bert. Bert. That's not going to cut it, brother. I love it. Turn the bass down. Turn the treble up. All right. All right. Real. I'm talking about a really cranky, brother. Are you ready? Are y'all ready now? Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's reverse, reverse it. it. Okay, you ready? Okay, all right, here we go. Go, Bert, go. Yeah, crank it up, Bert. Here we go. Stand up and shout if you love my Jesus. Yes, stand up and shout if you love my Lord. Yes, I want to know. Yes, I want to know. Do you love my Lord? All right, here we go. You ready? Stand up and shout if you love my Lord. Yes, I want to know. Yes, I want to know. Do you love my Lord? Oh, here we go. Sit down. Sit down and whisper if you love my Lord. Yes. Sit down and whisper if you love my Lord. Yes. I want to know. Yes, I want to know. Do you love my Lord? Oh, here we go. Sit down and whisper if you love my Lord. Yes. Sit down and whisper if you love my Lord. Here we go. Do you love Stand up and shout if you love my Jesus. Yes, stand up and shout if you love my Lord. Yes, I want to know. Yes, I want to know. Do you love my Lord? Here, here, here. But it's important for us to touch. The, the, the scientists have found out that there's a power that goes from me to you when I touch you. It's, 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 it's the way it is. God made us that way, man. So let's go electrocute each other right quick. Go, Bert. Come on. We got some people on the front that need a hug.
seat right quick and have a seat. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but there might be somebody here tonight that ain't never been hugged. You probably already hugged them because when you hugged them, they stood there like this. <laughs> but God bought you here tonight to be hugged, to be loved, to be cared for. This is the house of a living God who has a son that died for your sins at Calvary and he loves you. For God so the world that he gave his only begotten son. Listen, he only has one reason for what he does. He said in Psalms, because I love them, I do what I do. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I got that warm feeling just saying that. Amen. Some of us, some of us laugh at loved us. You know that? Some of you young people, you don't realize it yet, but there might be a time in your life where you feel unloved. You feel like you're just catching it from every direction. Nobody cares for you. You feel by yourself and you feel unloved. Don't ever fall for that. That's a lie from hell. Because Jesus left his seat. I'm about to shout. He left his seat in glory and came down here just for you. He wasn't thinking about nobody but you. And when he got down here, he followed through until he finally said it's finished. And he did the job so that you and I wouldn't have to hang on the cross or be miserable in any way. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Because we got winners in this house. Raise your hand if you're winning. Amen. You see? That's what I'm talking about. Winners. They know they done won that race. But then we've been infiltrated by these people. Who are they? And winners are only good at one thing. That's what? You cannot serve God in this position. Amen. You can't sit at home and watch the service. You've got to come down here and get a little bit of somebody's sweat on you. Amen. Praise God. That's just the way to, you know, I found out something. It's easier to train a rope than it is a Christian. Huh? Hello. Oh, yeah. You try to train, uh, train a Christian. What Christians don't realize, be still. What Christians don't realize is that we have to be trained to know how to live for God. Our sinful nature makes us want to live for the devil in a natural way. Did you know that? God had to save us from that and anoint us for a new time so we could live for him. But we have to be trained. That's why we have a place called church. Amen. Now, I've been doing some training this week, but I'm going to ask you to forgive me. I'm sort of harsh sometimes. I've traveled the world and I've dealt with some real goats. Okay. But when I was sheep, I love sheep. And tonight, that's what we got here is sheep. Some beautiful sheep. Look at somebody and go, bye. Amen. Because if you couldn't do it, you're a goat. And I will come after you with my knife. All right, so, oh. Now, see, I told you not to be doing that stuff while I'm in the middle of talking to somebody. All right? All right? You see, rope is easier to train than Christians. Because right when you think you've got a Christian trained, and you think you've got them right where you want them. Preacher, this is your cue, all right? Uh, you can say amen anytime. Right, right when you think you got them right like they need to be, and you think they're all they're all straight, and they're going to be able to serve the Lord, everything's going to be great, and you're going to say, ah, oh, yes, hallelujah, look at them, they're little. They go wimpy on them. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And then pastors have to start all over again, all right? I'm sorry, they got to start. There's no way to take you from where you're at to the next level. You wish they could, but they can't. So a pastor's got to go all the way back from the beginning because you missed something. Look at somebody beside you and say, I missed something. We all missed something. There's no condemnation in that. 
And I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove you tonight that you missed something. All right? I'm going to prove it to you tonight that we all missed something. I need three people to help me out right quick. You know, the reason my mother always told me I needed help. Anyway, all right, so uh, I want I want you, you, and you. Come here. Come here. Yeah, yeah come on. Come on, girl. Come on, hurry, hurry. I ain't got all night. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm going. Let's go. Give my hand, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, girls, I'm not going to blow up anything. Stand right here where they can see your pretty faces. All right, here we go. Here we go. Notice I didn't call them ugly guys back there. I'm just joking. All right, I'm just joking. All right, here you go right there. I'm going to give you a balloon. Now, you've been blowing balloons up since you were how old? Huh? Little bitty thing, right? I mean, anybody can blow up a balloon. Am I correct? Right? Am I right? All right. Hello? Oh, okay. I was wondering there for just a second. You see, balloons are really not hard to blow up at all. Because we've been blowing them up all over. Raise your hand if you can blow up a balloon. Well, I could until I put these teeth on. Now, if I had a stroke. <laughs> See, this ministry is not as easy as you think it is, all right? <laughs> wow. Okay, girls, if you could do it with a little more finesse, I'd appreciate it. Just blow those balloons up right quick. Just right quick. It's not a big deal, all right? All right. Just blow them up right quick. Come on there. Anybody blow up a balloon? Anybody blow up a balloon? Come on, come on. Come on. Anybody blow one up? Come on up. Miss Leader, come up here right quick because they're going to need some help. All right, here we go. A champion in every group. There you go. Just blow it, y'all. I just need y'all to blow it up right quick. Quick, quick, quick. We ain't got all night. Blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. Hurry up, hurry up. Just blow it up. It's a balloon, for goodness sake. Raise your hand if you think you can blow the balloon up. All right? No, you can't. All right, before these girls hurt themselves, let me explain something to you. If you don't know how to blow one of these up, you will blow your brains out trying. Okay? I am not joking. But see, let me tell you something. This is like love in the church. We think we know what love is. We come bouncing up in here, and oh, we've heard the story of Jesus. We know what love is, all right? And we, we're, we're great. We know how to blow it up. We know how it's done until we find out that we really don't know. Hello? Got quiet in here. You came to church not to tell everybody that you already know it. You came to church to find out what you're missing so that you can blow a balloon up, so you can do something simple. Amen? Amen? Now, if you blow it up, you can impress people like this right here. You can make a little nose, and you can make a little ear like that right there, and another little ear like that, and you can pinch his little head off like you'd like, you like to do some people. And, and then you can make a flying rat, you see? I'm just saying, you know? I'm just saying, y'all go have a seat. Thank you for your help. Amen. All right. Yeah, just throw it at me. That's fine. You see, the problem, and I, I tell you what, sister, leader, you're such a good leader. Come back here. I need you. All right. All right, come here. Come here. All right, now, come here just a second. 
Come here, dude. Come right here. Stand right here. All right, stand right here. All right, let me lick you an egg. So, you know, there you go. That's sort of an egg, sorry. Well, you know, uh, humor me. All right, so, so this is a pretty sharp individual, right? Amen? I mean, since I've shown up, I've sort of watched her out of the corner of my eye like the rest of you do. But I've, I've watched her, and I realize she's, she's a pretty sharp individual. Now, I'm partial to redheads. I had two redheads, my wife and I did. And, and they have this extra strength about them, and I really like redheads, all right? Just don't make them mad. All right, anyway, so here's the deal. You know, you know how you raise a redhead? You spank them one time for what they did. You spank them the second time for reacting to you spanking them. Anyway, here we go. Now, you don't know me that well, but I've been all over the world, and one of the greatest assets that God gave me was my quick hands, you see? I can really do things for God with my quick hands. Some of you people don't realize you've got to have quick hands to serve God. I'm just saying. So, so what I did was I figured out that all I got, let me get a little piece here so I can show you. By the way, if you get the mission field, this is invaluable. Anyway, all right, so all right, I'm just saying, all right? So here's what I'm going to do. You're a pretty sharp person, all right? All I want you to do is watch this, okay? All right, just keep your eye on it, all right? All right, because I'm, I'm pretty quick, you know? All right. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, praise God. All right, now, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just simply tell me which hand this is in. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not a math problem. That one, this is it right here. So it's not this one. Come here, I'm not going to hurt you. All right, so it, it wasn't this one, right? You were absolutely right. Look at that. But, but it wasn't that one either. So here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to get a bigger piece. All right? Because I don't want you to be embarrassed. All right? All right, here we go. I'm going to get here. Come here. All right, here we go. I don't want her to be embarrassed. Some of you people out there think, oh, you know, love is easy. Anybody can love until you have to sit beside somebody in church you don't like. Anyway, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Come here, what are you doing? She, she must be one of the original drifters. I, I, where's the music at? You notice how she just sort of drifts off? All right, here we go. Stay close, sister. Stay close, because you can't see it if you don't stay close. Not that close. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Watch it now, okay? You watching it? You got green eyes? I don't. I have blue eyes. Yeah. I can go in there. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just warming up a little bit. All right, you, you with me? Okay, all right, you with me? All right, now, which hand is this in? Huh? Huh? This one? No, obviously not. No, well, you were right, see? I'm agreeing with you. It's not this one. But it's not this one either, so we need a bigger piece. All right, here we go. Here, all right, look. Here we go. Here's what we're going to do. Watch it real close, all right? All right. All right, now, where'd it go? Give her a hand, come on! There you go. It don't count now, go away. All right. I'm sorry, I'm leaking. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> Give her a big hand. Come on. Here's what I'm trying to say tonight in my creative way. 
Let's Let's don't don't let let real, genuine love go over our heads. Please don't. We get so analytical. We get so super spiritual. A lot of times, let me tell you something. I did children's ministry for one reason. You know why? Because they all fit me about right there. They come to me with those eyes that will melt a candle. And they look at you with this earnest look. And they say, Gilbert, I love you. And I don't, I don't analyze that. I don't say, oh, my God, I wonder if they really love me. I, I wonder if they use proper English. I, I wonder if they... I look in those eyes, and I melt like a piece of wax. Sometimes a tear will come out of my eye because they're so precious. And I look at them, and I say, you know what, baby? I love you, too. And you know what? They know I mean it. They know I mean it. One of, One of my children's church, church kids happened to be the bishop's two kids. Well, two of my children. Four, five, anyway. So I can't count. You know, don't hold it in. Corbin, I'm going to ask you. I know this is not your personality, but I need you, okay? I need you. All right, stand up and tell them very simply, do I love you? How do you know that? I know, I know I'm putting you on the spot, right? How many years did we stay together? A lot of years, right? Yeah. Did I ever put you aside because you was a pastor's son? I loved you like the rest of them, right? Thanks, Corey. He still melts me, you see? Because it's real love. In church, we can go through every kind of routine. We can learn every statistic, and we can learn everything out there and be the smartest church in the world. But when people come in that door, if they can't look us in the eye and tell them when we say to them we love you, that we mean it, we have just wasted a lot of money on lights and carpet and paying the preacher. Hello? It's the truth. Love is sacrifice. Love is sacrifice. However, love has ingredients. It's in the Bible. Yeah, it's called fruit, fruit of the Spirit. Remember how I asked you guys all the time what kind of fruit it is? I asked you this uh, Sunday if you knew what kind of fruit it was. Nobody did. What is this? It's a what? Did I hear you say? You're exactly right. It's a juicy fruit. So see... I have taught you something. Out of all this week, if somebody says he didn't teach me a thing, they're lying. Amen? That's juicy fruit. That is not a banana. Amen? I proved it because you're going to leave church with something on you. And that's what we're supposed to do is leave church with something on us. Amen? I got to hurry up, but I just want to share with you right quick about Coca-Cola. How many out there recognize this as a Coca-Cola? Just about all of us do, right? But we can recognize Coca-Cola, but sometimes we can't recognize real love. You know why? It's because real love sometimes gets a little rough. Come on now. I had a 50-year-old, 51-year-old actually, heroin addict for a brother all my life. Yeah. And, and, and I loved him. I got him in it. When he got out of jail, I'd get him a new car and get him a job. He'd get out of jail, I'd get him a new car and get him a job. He'd get out of jail, I'd get him a new car and get him a new job. All my life I did that. Because I loved him. He was my brother. He was a heroin addict, but I loved him. Are you listening? 
And he'll tell you today that he made it out of all that for one reason, because his brother loved him, okay? Not a pat on my back, but Jesus said if we love, we got to love. We can't be nitpicking each other. If I don't like the shirt you got on, if I don't like the cologne you wear, if I don't like your, your front tooth missing, none of that means anything. My opinion, Facebook and Google has ruined the church because we think that our opinion matters. Let me tell you something. When it comes to the Word of God and He says love, your opinion don't matter. That was all free. Coco, you don't know it, some of you youngins, but my great-grandfather and, and those used to have the first social network. They sat out on their front porch in the evenings, and their neighbors would come by, and they'd get one of these, and they'd share it, which was a special time, and they would share it, and they would sit out there and just have some social you wouldn't believe it. Until one day, somebody said the reason they were having so much fun was because this had cocaine in it. You think I'm joking? It did. It had cocaine in it. They didn't know it, but they sure did get happy in the evenings. Now, these days, we replace it with another drug called caffeine, but we accept that. We don't, we don't call that a drug, and therefore, we just drink it by the gallons, okay? All right? But it's still a drug. I said that for one reason. Coca-Cola is accepted all over the world, all right? And this ain't even real. Did you know that? They've changed the formula 14 times. So the Coca-Cola we drink today ain't even the same Coca-Cola our grandparents drank. Why are we still drinking it? Let me tell you something. The love that Jesus shed at Calvary is the same love that was shed at Calvary 2,000 years ago. It don't matter what age this is. It don't matter whether you're old or you're young or you're a teenager or you got gray hair. That love has not changed. That sacrifice has not changed. His name has not changed. And this church has not changed. You either love him or you don't. Now, I told you I get a little raw. I'm sorry. I could have said that more eloquent. I could have said without spitting on you, which is hard with these teeth. Some of you are laughing. You got teeth just like me. I could have said, oh, dear church, Jesus loves us. This I know because the Bible tells us. It would have been just as profound as what I just said. Because it's true. But that's not the way I do it. I'm sorry. I am a spoon for the kingdom. I did not come this week to make you feel good about me. I don't care whether you like me or not. I came to stir you up. You know why? Because revival is when you get the silver of the church. When you get the, the treasure of the church. I'm going to call it silver. And you stir it up enough to where the dross or the, the bad stuff floats to the top. And then the silversmith will scrape that off and get it out of there. And he'll do that over and over until finally he has the purest of silver. I'm sorry, I get emotional. Let me tell you something. For 44 long years, I have dressed like this in spite of religion. And I have come into churches to tell you that Jesus loves you so you'll have an image you won't never forget. 
And I make sacrifices to do what I do for you because I love you, church. And I believe that Jesus, hallelujah, is coming back after church without spot or wrinkle. And the only way that I can help you not have spot or wrinkle is to stir you up enough to, to get the draw off of you. And if that makes you mad, come see me in private and I'll finish you off. I'm going to finish up, Bishop. I'm in your time, sorry. What's the Bible say is the ingredient that we need? We just need some raw love, amen? Now, some of you guys can't see what's coming out of here, but I use different color powders. It's really eloquent. You just can't see it, right? We need love. Here, unsubstantiated love, just love. We need joy. Remember what I said about joy? Joy is something you possess. It's like faith. And if tonight you feel heavy and sad and depressed and you don't have joy, that means you don't have strength. And you'll never be happy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And happiness is an attribute of joy, right? So, I'll pour all that in there. You need joy. He said that we needed peace. Jesus' peace is different than regular peace. It's the peace that passes your understanding. In other words, when Jesus gives you peace, I laid in the bed with pain like you wouldn't believe when I was laying in bed with my back. You, I can't even describe to you the pain that I had. I had, uh, uh, what do they call them, uh, every 15 minutes, I would have these, these things that would, would draw me up. Spasms. They would draw me up into a knot and I would scream and holler. It was like somebody had a knife in my back and I couldn't get it out. And my wife would throw hot pads on the back of my legs and cold pads on my back trying to get it to stop. And it would stop for about 15 minutes and I'd go at it again. For six months I did that until I got so weak they had to give me an IV. I know what pain is. But you know what? During that whole thing, I'd hear Jesus. It's okay. I'm right here. And I'd say, Lord, please make it stop. He'd say, it's okay. I'm right here. You're some of you sitting there saying, well, why didn't he make it stop? Because it wasn't time for it to stop. Some of you in pain tonight. And I'm up here talking about love. And all you want God to do is stop it. Stop it, Lord. Somehow stop it. Let me tell you something. God works in seasons. If you'll live through that season and love him anyway, you'll come out the other side and you'll be able to be a miracle. You'll be able to do something that they said you couldn't do. I can, I can dance in the Lord right now. And they said I'd never walk again. Come on, church. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because Jesus loves me. Gentleness, meekness, patience, oh, the list goes on. We know it. We know what the word says. And the last one is self-control. When your tongue starts to wag against the man of God, I'm going to ask you real quick to stop that thing before it gets you in trouble. Because if you talk against the man of God, you've got a, a, something serious fixing to happen with you. I can tell you, that's the Bible. Look it up. Amen. People tell me all the time, can you quote me that verse? I'm not I'm quoting no verse. You're a grown person. Look, Look it up for yourself.
vision. This is getting old. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. This trick right here will make a nervous wreck out of me. I was shaking for a little. Why? Because when you get in the ultimate presence of the ingredients I just shared with you, when you end up sitting beside a church member that you know loves you, that when you was down, they're the ones that bought their paycheck over and shared it with you. I had that happen to me. Man, I didn't even know it bought me half his paycheck, bless his heart, because I was laying on my back, couldn't help myself. When you got, you got Winnie's in the refrigerator, and somebody in this church calls you and says, I'm bringing supper over for you. I don't know why, I'm just bringing it over. Move your car. And they come over there and they bring supper in the house. And they hug your neck and say, we really do love you. We don't have as much time as we used to have. But let me tell you something, I've thought about you all week long. Come on, church. That's what the church is. It reminds me of a honey bunny. Some of you look at me like, do what? A honey bunny. Y'all don't know what that is? I just put the ingredients in here. Mmm. A honey bunny. I guarantee you take one bite of this, you get a sugar rush that'll last the rest of the day. There's a power in that thing. Bishop's going to come up and tell you the rest of the story. I just want you to know tonight. In Jesus' name, oh, Gilbert loves you. Amen. Can you put your hands together one more time for Gilbert? Can't nobody tell it like Gilbert tells it. Amen. He quoted a song that I, I know you're not supposed to do this with CCLI, but I really don't care. Um, I changed the, the, the way we sing it. We used to sing a song, help me sing it. It says, Jesus loves me, yes I know. Now stop it right there. Somebody kept, kept going. going. Hallelujah. I was afraid they might not know the rest of it. Jesus loves me, this I know. Right? I sing it like this. Jesus knows me, this I love. For the Bible tells me so. Why? Because I'm more in love with the fact that God knows me. Not that I just know him. Do you realize God knows you? Now, see, it's one thing. Listen, it's one thing for me to call these boys my sons. That's, that's one thing. And that's awesome. That's good. That lets you know my relationship to these two, two gentlemen right here. But, boy, how many of you know some of you dads, when they look at you and call you dad, boy, that's a whole different world right there. That, that, that changes it all. Right there. Because see, now, see, when, when he looks down and says, says that's, that's my son, that's one thing. But when I look back up and call him my father, call him my God, then now I've let the devil know that I got somebody looking out for me. 
You know, the thing about love, though, and God's been dealing with it's a little different in here tonight. Y'all feel that? Because I think that God's going to do some, some surgical maneuvers tonight. I want you to listen real clear to me, especially, well, I was about to say especially the young people, but I find out that, that, that the, 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 and if I offend you, that's okay. You'll you, you get over it. I, no, I don't blame it on you, brother. I've been offending people about 35 to 31 years myself. It just don't make no difference. I tell people I'm old, fat, and bald, and I really don't care. I'm not, I got three friends in my life. That's about all I can handle. <laughs> Unless you got a nice Harley, you'll sew in my ministry. Then I'll be your friend for a year. And, um, well, I don't want to overextend myself. <laughs> But, but here's, here's what, what we, have we have a problem with. with. And, and I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's in our young people. And then it sort of skips over people in their 20s and 30s. And then it hits us like a Mack truck in our 40s and 50s. And then you get around 60 and you, you still got some parts of it. And then you hit 70 and I watch my mom and dad when they got that age. My dad just, you know, he started talking louder. And I thought it was that he, you know, he was going deaf and it wasn't. It was just he really didn't care if you heard him at that point. He, he was done past that. But the Bible says that there's two great commandments in which all the commandments lie. To love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. Oh, we good at acting like we got that one down pat. Till you add the other one and they're not separated. Listen to me, they're not separated. You can't love God and not do the second part of this. And I'm not going where you think I'm going. Then it says, and to love your neighbor. What? What? As yourself. Here's, Here's the problem, problem we have in the church. church. We, we don't, don't like, like ourselves. ourselves. We're not, not in love with who God, God created us to be. be. I got, I got one, one ear lower than the other. Don't, don't stare at me. I said, I said don't, don't stare at me. And my brother went, really? There's always something that way too, bro. We're not in love with our body image. We're not in love with our hairline, unless some of y'all not. We're not in love with the way God made us. We critique ourselves. Young people are bad at it because your bodies are going through like a transformer. I mean, one day you ain't got a problem, the next day you got this big red thing about right there, and it's about swelled your eyes shut. You can't go, I mean, you can't even cover it up with a band-aid, because then people are going to say, what's behind the band-aid? You put the toothpaste on it, don't try that, that burns. And then in our 20s and 30s, you know, we're too busy going to college and trying to get through and trying to go and trying to be and everything, but something happens in our 40s. We realize we're topping that mountain and we're about to roll down the other side and we, and we start not liking what we've done with the first 40 years of our life. We start saying, well, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We start saying stuff like, I thought I'd be a little further than I am now. 
We start saying stuff like Gilbert tells me all the time. He said, man, I surely didn't think I'd be dressing up like this at 63 years old. She said, thank you, Gilbert. We start saying stuff, well, I thought I'd have this done and that done. I thought I'd have this under control. And we start thinking, we start seeing in our 40s and our 50s that we've been going around the same old mountain like the children of Israel in the wilderness for years. And we can't seem to get it right. The things that, that slipped us up in our teens and are now coming back. And you thought you had it. Boy, I'm preaching good right now. I'm preaching, I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. We thought we had some of the bullshit. We thought we had some of the things that we're dealing with right now under the blood. And they come back to homeless. Y'all better listen to me. Now, I know this ain't popular preaching because we all have, we got love everybody else. We got love them. We got love them. You can't love nobody past the part that you love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, now I'm not talking about a selfish kind of love where you think only about yourself. We got that problem in the church too. And you have to be okay with the way God made you. You have to learn. And every time, listen, listen, listen. Every time you critique yourself. And I'm not talking about healthy critique. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about saying, man, we, I need to look. Somebody told me this. I, lose, I lost 15 pounds. I said, bad it. I found every pound everybody in my church has lost, I think. Glory to God. I wish I could lose it. I ain't got as good at them losing things except my keys and cell phone. People say, you like that Apple Watch? I said, the only one thing I love, there's two things I love about this watch. It tells time. And if I lose my phone, oh man. Hey, right there it is. Glory to God. That's the best thing going. I bought my wife an Apple Watch. She don't wear it. And every time she loses her phone, I go, you wear that Apple Watch I bought you. You wouldn't be having this problem. Hey, baby, I know she's watching me. Hey, I love you. Here's the thing. Every time we un... This ain't a word. Unhelpfully. Every time... I, it is now. I've grown, I, I'm old enough now, I make up my own words. Some of y'all been making up words for you. But I'm not talking about saying, looking in the, in the mirror and saying, man, I need to lose this. That's not what I'm talking about. When you start critiquing yourself to the point that you are damaging the heart of God because he created you. He created you the way he wants you to be. And it, it, listen, that, don't you don't you wouldn't dare come in my house and look on my refrigerator and look at all that art my kids have done and start critiquing my kids. You better not do that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You go down the street and do that. Uh-uh. 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 Don't do that. Don't. No, 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 no. No, they're my babies. And I don't care if you like that art or not. God wants you to get okay. With who he created you to be. In all of your struggles. In all of your imperfectness. In all of your issues. I'm going to leave you with this. One of the most powerful things God's ever taught me. 
You know, there was a boy in the Bible by the name of Jacob. Man, that joker had some problems. He really did. His mama didn't believe in him. You know that? I can prove it. She had twins, Jacob and Esau, in her belly. They were wrestling. She didn't know what was going on. We didn't have sonograms back then. I said we didn't. Just like I was there. We didn't have sonograms back then. Y'all knew I was old. You just didn't know I was that old, did you? They didn't have sonograms. As far as we know, by Bible, I'm not talking about all those extra books y'all throw in there. Nobody had ever had twins. And, and so, so nobody, nobody could tell her, oh, that's, that's just, you, you, you obviously got twins in there. Because they're rascals. She didn't know that. All she knew was something was going on. So she went to God, and God said these words to her, which to us don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing to us. Because we don't understand how things worked in that culture. Didn't mean nothing because you know what God told him? He said, you've got two nations on the inside of you. Now, that's no problem. Any mama would shout over that. Boy, that was that second thing he told her. That boy just flipped her wig, man. It messed her up bad. I don't know if she was wearing a wig or not. But I mean, you know, it flipped it either way. He said, and the, the older is going to serve the younger. Oh, boy, nobody's ever heard that before. I mean, nobody. Boy, he just messed up her whole day. I mean, her whole world, her, her whole ideology just flipped right upside down. And you want to know something? She didn't have enough faith to trust God. Because when the two babies came out, she called Esau because he had all this red hair on him. Well, he was a redhead. Hairy man, man, he had all that hair. And she called him Esau. But then when Esau came out, Jacob was, was grabbing his heel, trying to get out. And she called him Jacob, which means a supplanter, a heel grabber, a cheater. That is something when God tells your mama that you're going to be the highest nation and all nations are going to serve under you, but your mama calls you a cheater. And he grew up being exactly what his mama called him. He became a cheater. He became a supplanter. Stay with me now. I'm going to teach you something. And he left. Had to run for his life because he cheated Esau out of the birthright. And Esau said, I'm going to kill you. Isn't that something? His own brother. I know when you got siblings. My wife is an only child. I'm one of three. I had, my brother passed away in 93. I had an older brother, have an older sister. So I understand fighting, you know, fighting over the last biscuit, you know, fighting over who's going to be on the top bunk. And so I've got two boys and they fight over stuff. My wife don't know what's going on, man. She's like, oh, we stop them I said, oh, let them fight unless they poke, unless they poke in each other's eye. Let them work it out, baby. It'll be all right. She'll get all that wrestling because she grew up, you know, with just adults and they just babied her. Oh, you made an Evans go. Oh, how sweet. Looks like a flag. That's really not true. I know I'm in trouble. She's watching God. I hope the internet cracked. Watch this. Watch this. You ready for this? Watch this. Jacob went 
served his uncle, Laban Laban, however you want to say it. I didn't live back then, apparently, so I don't know how they said it. For seven years to get the hand of a woman he fell in love with. His uncle cheated him. Now, the cheater gets cheated. You with me? You're still with me? Hold on, I'm about to teach you something, I promise you. And so he served for another seven years to get the hand of the one he really wanted. I used to preach a sermon, what to do when you're married to Leah, but you still want Rachel. Until I went to a church and the pastor's wife's name was Rachel. No, no, the pastor's wife's name was Leah. And she won't know who Rachel was. He, y'all know this story. Two more minutes, I'm done. Yeah, 744, we're doing good. This is the last thing I want to tell you, watch me. He then comes back home. Y'all know this story. And he wrestles with an angel. To the point that the angel pops his hip out of his socket. And this guy limps for the rest of his life. And you want to know what happened? That night, God changed his name to Israel. But you know, I'm a weirdo. I really am. I see weird stuff in the Bible. My daddy used to say, Scott, people don't even care about that, Scott. But I do. Why do you ask Gideon to build a burnt offering? They've been living in sin for seven years. Ask for a sin offering. Ain't nobody got grain. Ask for a grain offering. That'd be hard when you ain't got none. A burnt offering. He says, God, people don't care. But isn't it amazing? All you church people, finish this. Out loud. You ready? I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and but I thought he changed his name to Israel. So why would God go through that whole process to change a cheater's name from cheater to wrestle with God and then never call him the man who wrestled with God? Why would you go through 14 plus years to change somebody's name and then not call him the name? That means greater than the name his mama gave. You only one time, maybe twice, I think once though. God calls them Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. All the other times it's Abraham, Isaac, and why? I mean, goodness, if you're gonna change my name, come another new name, I like the new name better. You know why? Because we don't like it. The Jacob in all of us. But God wants to continually remind you, I'm not just the God of Abraham. I get it. I get he's the God of Abraham. Anybody that can take their own son up a mountain to crucify him on an altar, I get why he says I am his God. I get Isaac. Anybody who don't tell me, Isaac was what, about 13 years old when that happened? Isaac knew what was going on, folks. Come on. Why do you think he was sitting there going, listen, Dad, there is, I mean, he wasn't oblivious. There's no lamb. There's no, where's the lamb? He had already clued in, folks. He had already went, well, I'm getting 
So I get when he says, I'm the God of Abraham, and I'm the God of Isaac. Woo, boy, when he says, I'm the God of Jacob, though, I thank God he says that every time. Sometimes I'll just go through the Bible, and I'll just read every time he says, I'm the God of Jacob. You know why? Because God wants you to know he's just as much a God of your mess up as he'll ever be the God of your goodness. He's just as much a God of your mess as he is the God of your message. He's just as much the God of what you don't do right as he is the God that does do right. He wants you to know he is the God of both of you. That's why Paul could stand up boldly and say, I've got two on the inside of me warring against each other because I know there has to be a war because part of me wants to do bad but part of me wants to do good and he said the more I try to do good the more I seem like I do bad just don't work so tonight thank you brother go ahead and play. tonight here's what I want to do you gotta, you gotta get real tonight's not one of them cute nights I was in a Christian bookstore one time happened up on one of my black sisters one time she said, we was just talking. And I said, you need to come see us over in Judah. She said, I got one question for you, preacher. I said, what the? She said, do y'all believe in getting ugly for Jesus? I didn't know how to take that for her. I said, ugly for Jesus? She said, if I ain't going to go to church and my mascara run all over my face, I ain't going to waste my time coming. The problem is, The problem is, the problem is, we used to not care about it in the church of God. Now, I are one of them. I'm third, probably, I don't know for sure, probably fourth generation church of God. So I got a lot of y'all beat. So I talk about us. And I'm not one that says we always got to go back. But I, I wish they'd burn every one of these fancy chairs we got. I wish they'd tear down all these fancy churches we built, put us right back over there on the mill hill beside the, beside the railroad tracks where we had to quit doing church for about 15 seconds while the train went back every Sunday night. Because at least back then we didn't care. At least back then we didn't, oh, glory to God, we got this done. And I know I've done built not one, but two churches on my property. And you know where I started my church? Brother, I started my church on Sin Alley in Anderson, South Carolina. Between the four largest bars in Anderson, South Carolina, and I had Lucy's Love Shop and the VIP Asian Health Spies, my neighbors, where they'll love you long time. That was where my church started. But I saw the Gokobo in that room, in that one storefront. I come in one time, and you can believe me or not, but I saw the glory of God. That's before we had smoke machines. But I walked in one time and pulled the door, and I saw this cloud that my granny used to talk about that was hovering over the stage, and it pulled like a backdrop, and then it went back on the stage. But now we got this cute building on some nice property. They tell me it's worth about $2.8 million dollars. I wish I could sell it right now and go right back between the bars where we didn't care if we shouted. Where we didn't care if people looked at us and talked about us.
become too happening. Well, you don't got to get drunk in the spirit, brother. Well, your granny got drunk in the spirit. What makes you think you're better than her? She can cast out devils. You can't even cast a headache out of a gnat. I'm being serious myself included. I'm not preaching against you. I point my finger at you. There's three more back at me. People come up and lie. We didn't have Walmart back then. We had Harper's Five and Dime. Man, I love that place. You walk in. Woo, Kim, you can get a Coke Icy and some popcorn. Woo, yeah, I said popcorn. That stuff's bought that aroma. Woo, glory to God. That was a lot better than walking into the ye candy shop in Gatlinburg. I walk in there, boy, I about pass out on a high sugar. I need some almond pork. It's $18 a pound. I don't care. Give me an ounce. That's all I got money for. Lord, just, just make sure my ass has got one almond in it. Hallelujah. We just come to a place, guys. Where we want to What's that got to do about love? Because love, if you're not careful, will ride into arrogance. And we'll care more about what you think about my shadow. I tell people all the time, don't you dare judge my book on the chapter you walked in on. We're on two divides. We either don't love ourselves enough or we, don't, we love ourselves too much. We care too much about, man, I want to go back. I want to go back where we're holy rollers. I don't care what people say. We preached about the Holy Ghost last night. Here's your homework. Go home and read John, John chapter 15, not 16. Because y'all got real excited about the Holy Ghost, but John 15 tells you why you're going to need it. They're going to kick you out of your synagogues. They're going to beat you unto death. You know why you need the Holy Ghost? Because they're going to run us out of our synagogues. They're already trying to start that now. And if you think this is going to go down pretty and cute and politically correct, you have lost your ever-loving mind. We are in a war. We used to sing about it. I'm in the army of the Lord and the right. But we don't talk about that no more because we don't want people to know that we got to be a little bit militant. But you can't be militant without the power of the Holy Ghost. I want you to stand up on your feet. It is raining outside and I just heard the Holy Ghost say I'm about to pour it out inside. If you are ready for a move of God, I said I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hey, I said I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. If you are in this place, it's, listen, the way you know is if you're in here and you say anything I said, you went, yes, I'm ready to see it. I want people to have to leave out of here drunk in the Holy Ghost. If you ain't never been drunk in the Holy somebody asked me one time, I ain't always been saved. Young people, learn from my mistakes. You hear me? You hear me? Learn from my mistakes. Don't walk the way I did, but I used to be an alcoholic and a drug dealer. I sold $10,000 worth of marijuana a week out of the back of my car. And I drank a fifth of vodka a day. That's a lot of drinking, buddy. I'm swimming in it. And I'm telling you right now. People say, why are you talking about being drunk in the Holy Ghost? Because I'm, I'm six foot tall, weigh about 200 pounds. 
When I was about 18, I was six foot tall, no joke, weighed 130 pounds. I was a beanpole. I stuck my tongue out, looked like a zipper. I was that skinny. If I walk by a lot pole, you'd lose me for a little bit. But when I'd get drunk, I'd pick on the biggest, ugliest guy in the whole bar wouldn't even care. I said, you want to go, boy? Come on. Come on, right? And I never did fight fair. You know why you got to get drunk in the Holy Ghost? Because some of them demons you fighting are big and bad and you scared of them. And some of them need to know, I don't care who you are. I don't care how bad you are. I'm so drunk in God. I'm ready to take on the biggest, baddest devil in this place. How? If I ain't preaching to nobody but myself. Hit it, boy. Hit it. Hit it. That right there is a call. That, 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 oh, I got a whole sermon on that ram's horn, but I ain't going to preach it. If you're here and any part of you say, yes, yes, you better, don't come down here if you're cute. Don't come, I, I ain't talking about your looks. I'm talking about, no, I want some folk that's ready to shout out their shoes. I want some folk that are going to let God touch them. I want to, it ain't me. There's no power in no preacher. If a preacher ever tells you, I got the power to heal you, they'll lie. The only power I have is the power of agreement. But you know what the Bible says? If any two agree, touching anything, they'll have whatever it is they want. I got power. Will you come? Will you come? Come, come, come. Get out of your seat. The altars are open. You're going to fall in love with yourself tonight. Lift your hands, sweetheart. I need some help in these altars. Come on. There it comes. There it comes. There's a river here. I haven't even touched you, but the Holy Ghost has. I haven't even run my mouth cup out of my sight. You help me a minute? Come right here. Just stand behind me. Right here, right here, right here. You talk a little bullshit. Hey, Kababa, you are so ready. There it goes. Help her, help her, help her. Anybody else? Anybody else? relies on object lessons. I put things in front of you so you can graphically look at them and get an idea of what God said. Tonight I want some of you to get a graphic on what you hear going on outside. God's not sprinkling on you tonight. God's pouring out something. And if you want to get wet, you're going to have to move from where you at and come down here to where the glory is being poured out. Now you can stand there and say, well, he can touch me right here. Well, I got news for you. If you don't learn to walk toward the anointing, if you don't learn to be hungry for God, to go after what God has, then you ain't getting it. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Not those that sit there and look around and spectate. We need somebody praying in this house. 
You need to be praying right now. Don't spectate. Don't stand around. There's nothing to look at. We need to be praying for one another. We need to love each other enough to say, you know what? I'm going to go at it for that person. I know they need God. I know they need an anointing. I know they need something from God. And I'm going to pray with them right now in the name of Jesus. When the church gets like that, then they're going to know we love them. See? Then they're going to know we really love them. I need you, brother. Get you some help. Why don't you put this, this uh, altar bench right over there? You too. I want all the young people to come right here. All of you, come here right here. Please. Just stand in two lines right and get to me. I tell you what, better than that, spread out. One big line. You guys are as sharp as it comes. See, I know that. You are as sharp as it comes. As an older minister, where my faith is in the church these days is right here. You know why? Because this rain you hear falling is falling for you. This is God speaking to you, telling you that he's going to wash away all the bad things. And he's always going to be there to cleanse you and wash you into a new relationship and into a new season. Pretty soon we're going to have winter. It'll be a different season, correct? And when winter comes, the rain won't sound like that. It won't come down like that. That right there is a summer rain. So when God changes the seasons in your life, the rain's going to sound different. So tonight I want you to take what God's doing and I want you to close your eyes. I don't want you to think about anything. And for just a minute, I want you to listen. Listen. Don't look around. Listen. God will speak to you. You got to shut your eyes. You're not going to see what, what's fixing to happen with these eyes. Close your eyes and listen. Use your ears. See, every season is going to be different in your life. And sometimes you won't see it coming. You'll hear it coming. Like a train coming down the tracks. And if you're not used to using your ears, if you think you've got to see everything God does, you're going to miss Him one day. And my generation can't handle another generation that misses God. We've already had three generations that miss God. We can't have another one, church. We've got to have a generation that has ears to hear. Because right now the devil, the reason he has cell phones and earplugs and all these things is because he, he wants you to get used to hearing the static. He don't want you to hear Jesus when he speaks to you. Because when he speaks, he's going to speak in a still, small voice. Man, praise God. It's okay. I got it. A still, small voice. See, the Bible says he don't talk loud like the devil. The devil likes for you to hear him. He's loud. He says, look over here. And then before you know it, he's over here saying, look over here. But God don't do you that way. God speaks in a still, small voice. A still, small voice. And you got to train your ears to hear him or you'll miss it. God don't get loud. You don't want God to get loud. Let me just put that in there. 
Because one of these days he's going to get loud. It says he's going to blow the trumpet. Actually, it says there'll be a noise as of trumpet. It doesn't say it's going to be a trumpet. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be God getting loud. Man, I can't wait. I just felt that when I said that. It's going to be God getting loud. You don't look like the same person that was walking up here a minute ago. I'm going to tell you something better than that. I don't know what I need you to hear me. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but your countenance has changed. That, 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 that pain had got had gotten you so drawn down. It was pulling you. Look, she don't look the same. I'm going to get away from you. Go keep kicking like that. Tree, my victory, 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 my victory,
Some people have to get up early and go to school and all that good stuff. And so y'all linger as much as you want to. But those who have to go, go tomorrow. Uh, same time, same station. We have food at 530. Uh, we start services at 630. We'll actually have the baptistry ready for those who would like to be baptized tomorrow night. Yeah. You know, I've watched some of you receive from the Lord all ages. This, this is, is a, a true, true family, family revival. Amen. Amen. The children have been able to see grandpas, grandmas, moms and dads right down here at the altar with them. And let me tell you something. That's what church is. Amen. Family revival. We didn't ship them off somewhere else and, and try to teach them somewhere. We did it right here. Amen. Tomorrow night, I want you to go home and I want you to ask God, God, do I need to get in that water? Because water baptism is an outward showing of an inward grace. If your children were not around when you were baptized, then get baptized again and show them that mom and dad is not afraid to tell the world that they've had their sins washed away in the name of Jesus. So I challenge you to go home and ponder that in your heart tonight and ask God if I'm talking to you tonight. Amen. 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 You know, I'm reminded, and, and I know we've got to go, but I'm reminded that um, there was a revival that broke out at Lone Oak Baptist Church many years ago. Uh, and out of that revival, I know Brother Ronald Reagan come out of that revival. And uh, I, I, I talked to different ones who were part of that, and they actually, they actually went to school the next day. Couldn't even, couldn't even walk straight because of the Spirit of the Lord is on them. I pray that as you leave this place, that your life is so completely changed that when people look at you, they don't see the same you. Amen? I pray that the Holy Ghost is so strong in your life that when people look at you, say, hey, what happened to you? I just saw you yesterday, but today you look different. Amen? I want God so, I want to be so full of His presence that it glows out of me. Amen? It shows out of me. That's, that's my, my desire, desire for you guys. Amen. Amen. So, let's so let's come tomorrow. Let's come expecting. Let's come ready to receive. Let's, let's continue to experience God. Amen. Are you in your agreements? Amen. Love somebody. Be blessed. Thank you so much. Let God lead you. If you don't want wet, you better hang out for a bit longer. <laughs>